1: Good evening, everyone, and welcome to another edition of Ghost Chronicles International, the post-Halloween edition. I am Ron Kolick, your host, the gatekeeper of the realm of the unknown, the unexplained, and the unbelievable, getting ready to cook the Thanksgiving turkey right here in Drake Massachusetts. With me, all the way from across the pond, is the amazing, fabulously well-written author, Stephen Parsons.
0: I was just thinking, good evening, but I was just thinking, uh, apart from us battling Storm Barney, presumably because it's named after a big purple dinosaur, um, so if I get cut off, it's because we're having winds of 90 miles an hour outside at the moment. When when was Halloween? Because uh, my calendar says it's the 17th, which means we've already done one show since Halloween. What yeah, so to? still
1: post. It's still after Halloween. What oh. part of post. Don't you understand? Oh, okay. Post, post- means after. It doesn't mean the day after. It doesn't mean two days after. It doesn't mean three days
0: after. I think. I think. I uh, ah, think you've been. You, have you been? Mar- yeah, you've been marinating the turkey again, and then drinking the marinade, haven't you? Whatever.
1: So, anyways, yeah. uh, the new book is out, I believe. <laughs>
0: huh? um, yeah. Uh, apparently. So, uh, well, I got mine today. Um, others have received theirs. Uh, although the official, uh, Amazon's official stock date is next week, it seems that, uh, certainly Amazon.com, for a, so if you're listening in America, uh, Amazon.com have got stocks. Uh, Amazon.uk is playing catch-up, but all the Kindle versions are available, and people are receiving printed versions. So uh, it's it's getting out there. Uh, so, yeah, um, I'm sitting looking at a, a, a copy of it, um, which is always nice. I mean, I've seen, I know the book, I, mean, I should do, I wrote the damn thing. Um, but it's always nice when you finally see the printed version. sure you had that with, um, with uh, the Ghost Chronicles books.
1: Yeah, the first book was that way, after that it's was like, yeah, whatever.
0: Um, yeah, well, I mean, you, you've written a whole, how many is it now? 40, 50?
1: Uh, actually, I've written quite a few, but that's besides the point. Don't have that's my name mean. on them. They don't have my name on them. Uh, yeah, well, but, we've all done that.
0: <laughs>
1: <laughs> but, anyways, um, you are breaking up a little bit, so just yeah, a, it's probably a the wind. Now, yeah, it's a, it's, yeah, it's a common wind. trait with your your Skype connection, though, because I was is it to, I was listening to you on coast to coast. It was the same problem. Just cutting, I, kept cutting I, uh, out.
0: I think it might be due to the, um, to the waves, because being on the West Coast, of course, when the tide ebbs and flows, I think it breaks up the signal. I
1: mm, have no clue. Anyways, uh, we have a really interesting guest today, and I mean genuinely interesting, and that she's written this book about uh, the spirits of the colonials who gave their lives to uh, free us from British tyranny. And, uh, you know, I thought we'd have her on the show because it's, you know, such an important subject right now and it's all dear to our hearts so without further uh ado let me introduce to you the boston tour of mary lee and i will not say her last name right so it's i'll let Tretanero. her thank you very much i knew you would say it and it would be much better than me massacring Kerner, right off the bat <laughs> what is it sorry
0: i I missed that that was
2: it's tretenaro it's italian
0: okay Tretenero. Yes. Mary really Lee works. Yeah. It's
2: really well, no, not it's hard. It's very. It's just phonetic.
0: Mm-hmm. I. I'll get it. Don't worry. It's Ron that we'll struggle with. But then we always struggle. Ron always struggles with guests' names. Uh, John. Yeah. yeah Damn, David. He, nightmare. Nightmare. Yeah. <laughs> that was hilarious, Steve. Funny. But uh, also anyways. true.
1: But also yeah. true. Whatever. Anyways, uh, Mary Lee, we haven't spoken to you for quite a while, and uh, since the last time I spoke to you, the book had just came out when you did the morning show, and I said, you know, where where else could we talk about it? And of course, I thought of my British friends here, and since the book is about uh, some of the the uh, soldiers who fought, and uh, the people that fought during uh, the free ourselves from British tyranny. I thought this would be a great platform for you to talk about it.
2: Oh, yay! <laughs> <laughs> so, no, anyway. I have actually some British friends that I was always a little bit hesitant when I had them read the book because it, you know, came from the mostly the viewpoint of the colon- the colonists.
1: Mm-hmm. So. Let's give uh, Steve an idea of what the book is about, since he doesn't uh, have a copy. And uh, okay. So let's. How how is it written, and, and what is actually the, the synopsis of the uh, – not the synopsis, but the uh, – what's the word I'm looking for? Oh, my God, the purpose of the book, I guess.
2: Okay. Well, so, uh, so I have process, and then I have, you know, like what it was about. But what it's about is, is tuning into spirits. And also residual energy from you know the early well, from the 1600s all the way up to um, the American Revolution, so you know uh, 1775. And uh, I have you know we have a, a written you know documentation of what history is, and then I have tuned into these individual spirits that give. From their own perspective, you know what they feel. You know this this whole period of time was like. So, I also have. Um, it's it's really interesting where I'll go someplace, I'll I'll hear this specific detail, and then when I from a spirit or residual energy, and then when I go to research it, it turns out that it's true. So it's. Become something very reliable, you know, to for me to just go to a historical site and be able to tune into, you know, what what has happened there.
1: And and I find that interesting because a lot of times, you know, we we know we know the history or or, you know the the general history, but where you can tune into spirits and it's kind of interesting because here you have their point of view of the time period. Versus just this general, uh, you know, textbook uh, ver- version of it.
2: Yeah, you know, what you get is, like, there's this one uh, spirit that comes through that talks about, she was just, you know, like a house, housewife who came over from England, and her she describes how, you know, every day the brush would be cleared, you know, outside her home. And, you know, this meant more and more British soldiers were coming into the area. And, you know, she talked about being fearful and that she had difficulty even keeping her house clean because she, you know, she was having mental health issues. So, I mean, that's not a perspective that you, you get in the textbook.
1: Mm-hmm.
2: So it's a lot of different, you know, uh, town residents, soldiers you know people who worked here from back those back in the colonial days
1: so so steve i mean do you think this i mean it's a different perspective than what we we hear most of the time from uh you know like uh history and also from most mediums i mean do you think you see the uniqueness of this in a way
0: I do see the uniqueness of it uh, what what intrigue i mean i 've got to first of all apologize to Mary Lee because any comments I make are made purely on the basis of not having read the book, so you 'll have to forgive mm-hmm. that that um, mm-hmm. my impressions may not be may not be accurate um, but what is intre- i mean it is it is perfectly true history is is always well, it, it 's always skewed it 's written by one side or the other, um, normally the victors. And we we always lack the uh, the common man's interpretation because common, the common person didn't keep a diary. They didn't keep a... Nobody was interested in their story. We were interested in the story of the generals and the, and the great battles and the great commanders and the politicians. Um, so it is nice to get perspective of uh, the, the normal person's uh, view of it. What, what I'm interested in is... Um, are they, when the spirit's are communicating, are they using the language of the 17th century? Um, or are they using the language of the 20th century, the 21st century?
2: Well, you know, that's good, a really good question, because when I had the, just the actual verbatim text, um, I had compiled it and put it into like a pre- preliminary book, and I had um, one of the town historians read it. And, you know, and I was concerned about, you know, like the language wasn't really that easy for a reader. You know, like you could maybe read it for a page or two, but it would just be too difficult to plow through. And he thought that um, that some of that difficulty would have been because it was in the language of somebody uh, back in the colonial days. However... So there's that part of it, but there's also um, that because I'm a medium and I know how that works. Um, spirits will use a way to get through to a medium, you know, whether um, whether it's you know uh, the way language was back then or not. So part of the book when I was receiving. Um, Uh, This dialogue, part of it was in present-day slang. So there's two things that happened.
0: Okay. Right. Um, The other thing that intrigues me is that, because I'm interested in history and Ron will remember from my own trip to um, the colonies quite recently, that one of the places I was was anxious to go and revisit was the North Bridge, uh, which was one of the early sites, and we also spent time at Fort Constitution up in uh, Portsmouth, in New Hampshire. Again, another site linked to the early days of the Revolution. W- when you're speaking to the spirit, uh, the colonial spirits, how are they? How is their attitude to the British? Um, are they are they anti-British? Are they are they pro-British? Are they pro-Royalist? Uh, do they want to be part to remain part of uh, the king. You know, do uh, so they still want the monarchy?
2: You know, I would say that most of the the spirits that I turn, tuned into were all fighting for, you know, sovereign sovereignty. So, I, I mean, I didn't get a, a, an incredible amount of anger in, you know, picking up what the colonial colonials were thinking. But, I mean, there were specific passages, you know, where, you know, right around the time where the Battle of Bunker Hill, well, let's say right after the Battles of Concord and Lexington, where, you know, it really comes out how violent that period of time was on both sides. So um, so there's that. And then, you know, when I go into the, the Battle of Bunker Hill and talked and I'm hearing from individual soldiers they talk about you know the the british advancing and just how terrifying it was for them and how many of them knew that they weren't going to you know live uh after that battle but other than oh yeah and then there's another section where it's a medical field hospital and uh, apparently there was a conflict at this field hospital about whether they would treat any British soldiers that were wounded. But other than that, there wasn't a whole lot of anti... There wasn't a lot of anger. Yeah,
0: that's... that's hey, Go ahead. That's Jeff. the interesting part, because we, we don't get that in history books, do we? We don't find out. Uh, we, we hear the official accounts. We hear that um, you know, several states were not fighting for independence until much later on. And so it's nice to Get this this other perspective, mm-hmm.
1: and and you know how did this book come about, uh, Mary Lee? I mean, I know you're from Charlestown, of course, and uh, so you, you want to give us a little bit about how you decided and why you decided to write this book?
2: Sure, sure. Well, so um, I've over the years I've taken a lot of classes, and um, one of the things you know, in our our training, especially in mediumship training, is to try experiments. And, you know, I'd also I'd, I'd done mediumship training, I'd done remote viewing training, and, you know, read a lot of, you know, materials that were available. I started in 2006 is when I actually did these recordings. And I don't know why, but I was just, uh, you know, I had just come off the psychic detective tour and i was a little bit more flush (laughs) so i could you know uh i could play around a little bit so i just decided i would go to this one spot and see if i could tune into you know the historical things that went on there and whether it was spirit or energy i just wanted to see if it if i could do it it seemed to me you know that i could you know, just from having remote viewing training. And so I went to this one park. I didn't really know anything about the history of it. I knew, you know, I knew it was one of the historical, you know, significant spots. I just didn't know what it was significant for. And I just sat there with a tape recorder and started recording anything that came into my mind. My intention was, you know, is to see if you know, I could pick pick anything up. And what was so surprising is it was not that difficult. And, you know, I almost immediately got the voices of slave girls. And then, you know, it's like this dialogue, you know, continued, and it it just explained what their lives were like. And, And then I went from, like, one historical site to another site, almost as if I was being carried along. So I'm not quite sure. It seems like there is a, a narrator in the whole you know, thing that's sort of coordinating everything. But that's, that's how I started it, and it was just that the information flowed so easily that I just kept going and going. And then um, after I, I finished at one historical site, and I knew I wasn't going to be going back there, um, you know, for any more spirit communication. Then I started researching, you know, what I was told. And that's when, you know, it just, you know, it it, it was really quite um, amazing to me just how how much, you know, uh, I was able to validate, you know, in, in history. And. Fortunately, Charlestown has these great historical accounts from, you know, as far back as 1775. You know, they have an accounting of, you know, everything that was burned, you know, in the fire that burned the city Mm -hmm. or the town, you know, while the Battle of Bunker Hill was going on.
1: Yeah, and that's, you know, it's interesting. On a side note, which I always find great since I get involved with the lighthouse up in Portsmouth, is that the uh, they, they had a raid there where they actually took the powder and uh, guns from the fort, and they were used at the Battle of bunker Hill so that that's always been an interesting mm-hmm. connection for me uh, yeah which i which I had never known about before so uh, when you, you you talk about slaves, you talk about uh you know everyday people and do you do you I don't know how to say this. Do you pick up their emotions as well? In other words, do do you pick up the fear? Do you pick up apprehension? Do you of all a joy or a sadness? Do you, do you pick that up when you when you do your recordings, or, or do you do not?
2: Yeah, I, I do, and um, I would say that it is part of the way I get information, just as a psychic is I'm I'm really clairsentient and uh clairaudient and clairsentient so I you know primarily hear things first but then I feel them so um, I wouldn't say that you know like I'm trying to I'm going to you know when I was tuning into the British uh, or the soldiers at the battle of Bunker Hill And, you know, they were talking about praying, you know, that they would survive the battle and being on their knees. And I I wouldn't say that I felt their torment, but I did have a a sense of, I did have a sense of it, but I wouldn't say I I felt the intensity of their torment.
1: Now, when you say spirits, are you picking up on strictly energy or are you picking up on, on intelligence?
2: Well, you know what? I I came to understand in writing this book the difference between residual energy and spirit communication. And, you know, over the years as a psychic, you know, I, I've always done more psychic work than mediumistic work. And I could always tell the difference between when I'm, you know, tuned in psychically and then, you know, the uh, when a, a spirit is, you know, comes in and That's such a lovely, lovely energy, and so I can tell the difference from each site or each communication that I get if it's spirit communication or it's residual energy. So I would say that a lot of it is residual energy, but there's plenty of spirit communication in there as well.
1: So for instance, if Steve went down there in British Gob, there would be no reaction from the spirits?
2: Um, what do you mean? Um, if he went down there and he was dressed as a British soldier, and he mm-hmm. was connecting with spirit, would they react to his
1: being in uniform? Well, no. What if he, no? Not if he was even connecting. What if he was just there while you were there and and you were connecting? Would you would you have a reaction from the spirit, or would it be like he wasn't even there?
2: Well, um, you know, I I do those ghost tours. And I started tuning in, you know, like I have my script, but I started tuning in as part of, you know, the the ghost tour. And I would, I could get spirit communication still, even though mm-hmm. I had people around me.
1: Mm-hmm. Well, I mean, that's, the, Steve, Stephen. I think you, you kind of uh, maybe can work with us is that isn't that kind of how we understand what what we're dealing with spirit wise if if they can see us if they know what we look like if they know how we speak uh, that's a, a different you know, a different way of looking at things than if if it's just you know we see something. For instance, would you agree, Steve? Or
0: uh... well, it's something. I mean, we have a lot of mediums who tell us that the spirit world are aware of our presence and aware of what we're doing. And in fact, you know, we have both been on investigations together and separately where uh, the question has been asked: "Oh, you can you hear me? Can you are you aware of what I'm doing?" You're aware of somebody in the corridor outside and what they're doing. So spirit definitely seems to be aware of the living from my own experience and from shared experiences with you, Ron. Um, So it it would be on that basis. It, It must be that spirits are aware of, for example, Paul, our presence when you and I visited the North Bridge, um, and our conversations while we were on the bridge, particularly relating to the fact that I'm related to a person that was at the North Bridge during the Lexington Concord squabble. Um, (laughs) Good way of putting it. Yeah, um, during the squabble. And what was interesting... So, so yeah, absolutely, if they are aware of us as we are told they are aware of us, not by the mediums but by the spirits themselves, via the mediums, then clearly you addressing as a minuteman and me dressing as a redcoat would be would be would have an effect on them, and in fact, it could be suggested that one of the uh, things that we tried in 2000. 2000- and 14 at Fort Constitution, um, where the British accent got absolutely, well, got a very negative response um, against uh, versus the American accent. Mm-hmm. So, if the spirits are aware of us, um, and we only have their word for it that they are. Mm-hmm. Then you know,
2: I, ha- I was going to say, I have a passage, one place in the book. Where all of a sudden, you know, I was, at a, I was at the Bunker Hill Cemetery, and I got this sense after, you know, I finished getting this dialogue that then all of a sudden all these spirits kind of stood up and were applauding. And, and then what I, I got from that is that they were really happy that I was recording this certain, you know, uh, this very particular dialogue. So that was the first time that I – I mean, my editor pointed that out to me. um, But that was the first time I really saw them, like, reacting to me in a, you know, sort of a a group way.
1: Well, that brings up an interesting point, Mary Lee. Then they are aware what a recorder is, then.
2: Um, Yes. You know, so, you know, when – Who knows? You know, you and I have had that conversation about who knows how it all works.
1: Right, exactly. But
2: yeah, I mean, they definitely were aware that I was recording, you know. In fact, I have to say, in the very, very beginning, I didn't take a recorder with me. I had a notepad with me. And so, because there was so much information that came through, the second time I went there, I had a recorder. And it was acknowledged. When
0: I had that recorder, that they were glad I had the recorder. That's that's interesting. When you make the recording, sorry. uh, That's right, Steve. Go ahead. When you make the recordings, uh, is it a direct voice recording, or is it you then your voice that's being recorded speaking their words, Um, or are you actually able to record their own words first first person? Uh,
2: No, I'm not recording them speaking. Right. I'm recording I'm recording everything that's, that I hear. Uh-huh. And so, you know, what I'm recording is also, you know, if I'm picking up residual energy, you know, that goes in the recording. If uh-huh. I'm picking up, you know, spirit commu- communication, that's going in there. And you can usually see it kind of go back and forth.
0: Okay. Well, one location I'd, li- I'd like to come to after the break, uh, if we may, is, is obviously the North Bridge because it's a place I, 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 as I said before, I, I hadn't read the book, but there are certain places that you know, I can relate to, and I can well know, uh, join in with the, the conversation a little more.
1: Actually, that's more. She is more in the the Boston, Charlestown area. So, oh, well,
0: we did pass Bunker Hill. You did point that out. Yeah,
1: to that. yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, Bunker Hills in Boston or Charlestown? Excuse me. Mm-hmm. I don't want to get yelled at on that one. <laughs> uh, but anyways, we are coming up to the break, uh, and so uh, we will answer those questions. And I'm, I'm also going to ask you if you got any EVPs. Uh, while you recorded, but th- think about that and when we come back, we can uh, get your answer. You are okay. listening to Ghost Chronicles International Edition, right here on yeah. Tojinet, Planet Paranormal, Pararex, uh perhaps a ghost box, don't know, uh, Radio Crackle, and wherever else find... Anywhere
0: else they'll have us. Yeah, One you got first. that
1: right. Yeah, uh, And our special guest is uh, Mary Lee touch
0: your... narrow I've just spent the last half hour rehearsing it for when I bring it back. After All
1: right, we'll be right back after <laughs> the following messages. Monday mornings just got scarier. Tune in every Monday at 11 a.m. for another episode of Ghost Chronicles Morning Edition with New England's own Van Helsing, Ron Kolick, and his inquisitive travel companion, Lou Blassie, the professor. Hey, that's me each week we'll delve into the realm of the supernatural where all that is is not what it appears to be with remarkable guests spirited conversation and the occasional voice of the deceased we'll bring you a whole new meaning to the term dead air ghost chronicles mondays at 11 on ego radio 1110
0: welcome to Tolkienet, radio with a cutting edge
2: feel the need to do some soul searching or make some changes in your life to create a more positive future Then Circles of Wisdom is just the place for you. Circles of Wisdom is a metaphysical bookstore and more. Located on Route 28 in downtown Andover, Massachusetts. We carry a large selection of books and music, crystals and gemstones, jewelry and gifts, sage, aromatherapy, and so much more. All in a relaxing and welcoming atmosphere. We offer classes on a variety of topics like yoga, reiki, psychic development, alternative healing, and personal transformation.
1: and spooky they all talk ugly gooky the parax family the shows are paranormal not stuffy but informal the topics are abnormal the parax family
0: they're strange deranged unrestrained so grab your favorite brew it's time to rendezvous as we give awards to the parax family
2: Greetings and felicitations.
1: I am Ron Kohler, New England's own Van Helsing.
2: And I'm Ann Kerrigan, the Blonde Bombshell.
1: And we're here at the elegant Hall, the Downton Abbey of all
2: And we would like to extend a formal invitation to you.
1: To tune in every Wednesday night at 7 p.m. Eastern Standard Time for Ghost Chronicles Next Generation.
2: On net Para-X, Ghost Channel, and Planet Paranormal.
1: You can even listen live on your smartphone with your TuneIn app. I'll catch the podcast on iTunes.
2: And now, time for tea.
0: There's that heartbeat again, which obviously means it's back to part two of the live edition of Ghost Chronicles International. Um, well, I say live, unless you listen to it, of course, on one of the podcasts. Um, our guest tonight is Mary Lee. Watch this, Ron. Listen and learn. Tretanero. From. Um, Ron. Ch- Ron. Pretty close.
1: Tretanero.
2: Thank
1: you very much, Mary well, Lee. I feel I, so I could dedicated. have done the Italian accent.
0: Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, um, a, a very interesting topic tonight. It's something that uh, I know a little bit about, but unfortunately uh, not being able to read Mary Lee's book, um, but discussing the idea of the early uh, American colonials, those damn colonists. <laughs> um, and... Their thoughts and impressions gained psychically, is that, is that fair to say, Mary, um, yeah. about their impression <laughs> by the British? who were I mean, we've got to say here that the British, you know, in addition to roads, uh, government infrastructure, and many other things, including tea, which the Americans ungratefully threw into Boston Harbor, um, were, you yeah, know, the British aren't bad, bad.
1: Yeah, they're all right. <laughs> That's about as far as i go. Actually,
0: do you know something? The British uh, – well, people always say it was the, it was the Boston Tea Party that you know, caused the American Revolution. It wasn't. It was the freaking Americans when they threw the tea into the harbor. They didn't add the milk and sugar. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You All right. You can't have tea without sugar.
1: Yeah, that's, that's another thing, British humor. Okay, moving right along. <laughs> merely before we forget, uh, if somebody wants to get uh, to reach you – uh, how could they do that and find out more about you as well?
2: Um, the best thing to do is go to my website, which is bostonintuitive.com. And um, I have I have my ghost stuff and the book stuff on the, the website as well as my psychic practice. And if you want to call me, it's 617-242-4682. And on the website, there's a contact page, so you can like fill in a message if you want to email.
1: Oh, excellent! And uh, Mary Lee, the you uh, what are the? Oh, here I go. I, I'm, I'm just reading a note because we might drop Steve and and contact. <laughs> not note. Back. Are you back now? Yeah.
0: Okay. I don't know what happened. I think that was definitely cut off from your Send probably because yeah. I mentioned the Boston Tea Party again.
1: Yeah, yeah, we do that to you. You know. Anyways, uh, Mary Lee, one of the things you you talked about uh, with me and and is the the tavern in Charlestown, and I always found that place really cool. Can you talk about it a little bit for us? Sure, sure.
2: Um, the Warren Tavern it, um, is that's the one you're speaking of, right? Yes, so like not yes. The, okay, the yeah. Warren Tavern was burnt. Well, it was one of the first buildings that was rebuilt after, uh, you know, Charlestown had been burnt to the ground in 1775. And it was an operating tavern for, I think, like 30-plus years, and then it kind of had other incarnations. Um, It's been refurbished, and now it looks like it did, as best as they they could put it together, as it would have looked in 1780. So, um, it was built by a friend of Paul Revere's, and he used to hang out there. Um, there is a Masonic Lodge, which was the first one in Charlestown. Um, I think it was the third one in Boston um, that uh, they met in the back of the the lodge and I mean uh, the the tavern and in fact, they actually built a whole room for the Masonic Lodge and the hero of the Battle of Bunker Hill was Dr. Uh, Major, Major General Dr. Joseph Warren, and the tavern's named after him. And one of the spirits that we got in the tavern, we, we think, is his brother, John, Dr. John Warren, who was one of the uh, doctors that treated the men you know, at the Battle of Bunker Hill. So there's lots of activity there, and so we've done, I think, four paranormal investigations, and uh, we have a woman from the mid-1800s there in the front area, got a lot of kind of like revolutionary sort of residual energy in the back. Um, There was a the first woman that was hung as a witch, Margaret Jones, came through there, so there's quite a bit of activity, and um, they've been really nice about, you know, letting us in and letting us do investigations. And I d- we did get EVPs there.
1: Okay. And do so, you want to talk a little bit about those? I mean, how, how did, first of all, how did you collect them, and, and you know, what did they say?
2: <laughs> well, I, um, we had... I had a couple of different paranormal teams that I worked with. I think I worked with three different ones. Mm -hmm. And in the basement, you know, we had this... No, I'm sorry. I'm thinking of of a different place. Um, In the front room, uh, we were doing an EVP session. And so this woman who was dressed in black, like Victorian... Uh, era was seen as an apparition by one of the wait staff. So, uh, a medium, another medium, and myself both had tuned into it and um, heard that she was a Milner. So, um, I found out by doing some research that there was a, a woman who lived next door who was a Milner who. She was dressed in a uh, Victorian mourning outfit, and it turned out that this woman had a, a very tragic life. So we actually had a name that we were asking, uh, and when we started talking with her, there was like there was a direct response on the EVP session uh, or the the you know the the device the uh, what what do you call those devices? <laughs> I can't remember. Um,
1: no. As as far as what, are you talking about, uh, you know, a hack check or a ghost box or an or a recorder? Well,
2: we had a recorder next to this device that has the LED lights on it.
1: Oh, the K2 meter?
2: Yes, yes.
1: Okay. So
2: when we were, so we had the K2 meters out and recorders. And so when we were asking her directly, direct questions, because we knew a little bit about her history and you know her her husband had passed and she had a famous son and um we got direct responses on the um on the K2 device and then there are recordings where there's uh like a simultaneous response on the the recorder
1: mm. so i mean the uh, the K2 of course is it's uh, you know it's it's what's the word I'm looking for it you know it's not really scientific uh, as far as uh, uh, but,
0: flaky? Yeah.
1: All right yeah right <laughs> probably but, like my
0: connection tonight
1: yeah kind of but anyways uh, so you know I mean that's that, that's uh, you know like Steve and I had the opportunity to do the old man's and to investigate you know an, a piece of history like that in the U.S. is is amazing I mean it's nothing for the for them in the UK because they have uh, they tear down buildings older than in our country as Steve often
0: says uh, but said you know the doorknobs on our buildings are older than your country yeah there you go <laughs> <laughs> so but no, I mean, no I, I've got to jump in there and disagree because in actual fact uh, you and I spent uh, a couple of hours together uh, one evening recently in September at the North Bridge on our own and You know, you always accuse me of being the hard-nosed, you know, cynic, and... oh, me? uh, Yeah, you always accuse me of that. And I got a great deal out of being there. I'm not talking about psychically. Um, I didn't pick up anything psychically. But I don't think you could go to a location like that without picking up a strong sense of the history and the significance of what that place represented. Um, and I think that the effect I mean because I guess like if you came to one of the castles here in West Wales uh, you, it would have a very marked effect on you and I would be more blase about it because yeah, it's be familiarity, familiarity. Um, and I guess you've been to the North Bridge probably more times than you care to remember whereas it was only my second visit so uh, I think I don't think it was accurate to say that uh, we didn't pick up on anything psychically. Um, sorry, we didn't pick up on anything. Psychically, We di- I definitely didn't. Uh, personally, I definitely did. Okay. Very good.
1: So, Mary Lee, when you contact these spirits, do they ever ask you for anything?
2: Um.
0: Tea? <laughs> no,
2: not not that I, not that I can. I mean, on the spot here, not that I can think of, but okay. um, yeah, I, I'd have to give that some thought. Mm-hmm.
1: Because I mean, so uh, it seems t- it would oh, seem oh, to.
2: Oh yes, they do. Yes, they do. Okay. Okay. So um, so here's an example. I was at John Harvard Mall. <laughs> And I was talking about how, you know, I, I was picking up images of it being a, a field hospital. Mm-hmm. And all of a sudden, I had a, and, and this is the way it came through to me, a major uh, in uniform uh, came riding towards me on a horse. And he said to me that he wanted me to start talking about things from a different angle and he wanted to talk about how there wasn't enough ammunition and that there were more men than there were were than there was ammunition and so not everyone could uh could fight okay so and then he came back more than once so i so, think that's an example
1: yes it is mm-hmm. the other the other thing is, is you 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 did toys, tours there as well. And when you do these tours, do the spirits recognize you? In other words, they they know what you're doing. They come in and, and this, you know, say, oh, it's Mary Lee. You know, and they want to talk to you. Is is that common, or doesn't happen at all?
2: Well, you know, it, it's happened. So I've done those tours for three years now. And mm-hmm. so after I, I had a certain level of confidence with the tours, I yeah. started being open, you know, to, you know, if, if spirits wanted to talk to me and I did have that happen at the, the same site that I was just talking about. And sometimes, you know, before I go into the tours, like I'll get some spirit communication. so. Um, I, I think if I was more open to it happening, I would have more of it.
1: Okay. It's you know it's it's so intriguing as far as you know the whole concept of of uh, tours and, and being an intuitive and able to uh, you know do both ends of it basically because you know on, on most tours you, you're doing basically the historical part. But mm-hmm. as as you would, as an intuitive can interact with with spirit or awe, oh, the energy of place, uh, mm-hmm. which, whichever it is, and and I, I I find that really intriguing because that's that's not really uh, that common. I mean, mm-hmm.
2: yeah. well, so, you know, the the one thing that was was interesting to me that I actually mentioned in the book is that you know when I went to the first site and just to begin this whole, you know, project, I had no idea, you know, like there would, that there was good, would be such a big difference. And, you know, when I was receiving information, I wasn't sure if it was residual or if it, if it was spirit, you know, you, you mentioned interacting, mm-hmm. you know, I, uh, at a, another time, I was aware that, you know, that I was, dealing with what I thought was a spirit but he like ignored me the whole time so I know that's residual energy and um, I thought you know if I had known that from the very beginning you know I could have I think you know it not, not that the book would be that much different but I just didn't know in the very beginning that if a image ignored you that it's probably residual energy yeah, you know, it didn't react at all to to your being there. That it was residual energy, and I learned yeah. I learned about that because in the beginning it was kind of confusing if I had a spirit or didn't have a spirit.
1: Right? Yeah, because I mean, although you might clearly sense it, the spirit doesn't sense you. So that's that's you know that's the thing. So, mm-hmm. anyways. Um, one of the other things I was going to ask you, but I just lost my head. I just oh
0: god, <laughs> lost your head. That's lost your. Oh, I was going to say yeah. I mean, Save me, Steve. <laughs> well, lost your head is, is is not a British thing, is it? No. I I just find the whole thing, the whole concept fascinating, uh, and I just it's this idea of history, this idea of being able to to speak to the individuals, or at least. Gain their impressions and their thoughts and their perspective on the events that that were at the mm-hmm. you know at the basic at the most basic level f- at the founding of a nation. Yes, but but it was also a huge schism um, between uh, well within Great Britain because at that time you know the colonies didn't consider themselves in. Dependent in any way. that didn't come till 1776, and even then that was contested by by several of the states, several of the colonies. Um, so you know, I, I find that it, the the idea of being able to communicate. I mean, it's a wish, isn't it? We would like to be able to write history. We would like to be able to understand history perfectly. Um, we're, we're left with this this imperfect record. This this record. that's book. and and documents that have been written, as I said before, largely by the victor. And it must Mm. be... uh, if, 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 If psychic ability, if mediumship give us an insight into the past, if they do allow us to communicate with the spirits, be they the intelligent revenants or the remnants of the people that existed in the 1770s in New England, and indeed throughout the colonies, throughout the Americas... Um, I think that's in, that, that's an important consideration, even in our modern society. You know, we think we have the answers, we think we understand history, but what we're getting is what we're taught at school, isn't it? Which is a, a clean, um, sanitized version of reality of what took place. Mhm. You,
2: you know yeah, what? Since- I I I'm not quite sure about with this book is is just. You know how much of it is spirit guide. You know, uh, you know, moving things along and narrating, and you know, so there, there's that element of it that I haven't quite figured out. Mm-hmm.
1: And we're coming down towards the end of the show, so you know, we're talking about Mary Lee's book. Uh, we're still here, and where is it available, uh, Mary Lee?
2: Um, you can get it on Amazon um, Kindle. Um, Barnes and Noble and Nook, and also in town here, you can get it at uh, Dr. Kevin Morgan's office. He's a local chiropractor and Bunker oh, wow. Hill Bunker Hill Florist. Yeah, he was he was really excited about it, so um, I, I keep that supplied.
1: <laughs> that's that's kind of unusual. I'll give you that yes. one. Yeah,
2: <laughs> yeah, and sometimes I, I've done a couple of. Um, uh, uh, days over at uh, oh, the Whole Foods in town, like, they'll let me set, sell my book, you know, uh, mm-hmm. during the day. So I may try to set that up again for Christmas.
1: Okay. And and the tours are all done now for the season?
2: Yeah, the tours are in June and in October.
1: Okay. So uh, do you have anything else coming up you'd like to tell us before we say goodbye to you?
2: Um. No, I I think, yeah, um, my big exciting time was in October. So now things are just kind of quiet.
1: I know. It's up for all of us. We are uh, uh, thankful for that. That's why we have Thanksgiving, because we're thankful that's all over.
2: <laughs> yes, yes.
1: We can breathe
0: again. I thought it was just a deep breath so you could get ready for Black Friday. Oh, oh please. <laughs> <laughs> Hit the shops, guys. <laughs>
1: oh, Please. <laughs> but anyways, all right, Mary Lee, we want to thank you so much for uh, being with us tonight. And well, thank- uh, oh, go ahead.
2: Yeah, thanks for having me on your show. I always like it. I always enjoy talking about the book. You 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 ask great questions.
1: Oh, thank you very much. I, that's Steve, though. I'll, I'll give him credit. He asked the good questions. Anyways, uh, everybody, there was a couple of comments from the, the other chat room that says yeah. the, sh- the book sounds the very book sounds yummy
0: and natural enough for Whole Foods. <laughs>
1: <laughs> <laughs> so anyways, uh, Mary Lee, thank you so much for being with us. And give okay. uh, out your website once again.
2: It's uh, bostonintuitive.com. And uh, I have a page there for the book, and then I have, you know, other things. I have the tours on my site as well.
1: Okay. And what other things do you do before uh, we say goodbye?
2: Uh, well, I I do professional intuitive readings, so, um, you know, a lot of kind of spiritual counseling. And then I also do psychic mediumship and, and oh. energy healing and space clearing. So... Those
1: are all my bag of tricks there. There you go, a virtual for pori So, Mary Lee, thank you so much, and uh, we'll talk to you again.
2: Okay, great. Thank you.
1: Yep. Thank Bye. you, Mary Lee.
2: Uh-huh. Bye.
1: Well, that was pretty good. Interesting.
0: You know, I, I like that history stuff. It really well, you, you know, You know my fondness for dragging you to Um and also my fondness. I mean, you found fondness for Fort Constitution. Um, so yeah, I mean, I don't think you can be involved in the paranormal and not have a, a sense of history. I think it, it kind of goes with the territory. There, there is a danger, of course, that you let your sense of history run over the hills and far away, um, and then you, you you start ascribing every sensation, every thought, every impression to a historically significant. Yeah, story. the uh,
1: famous ghost syndrome.
0: E- exactly. Yeah, I mean, yeah, every yeah, ghost that's over that's here is is Queen Anne Boleyn or Mary Queen yeah, of, of Scots. Course, yeah. And every, you know, every colonial ghost will be re- linked to Paul Revere um, or oh, somebody of the new Paul Revere. George Washington. Or George Washington. Um, but nonetheless, you know, it doesn't really make any difference. I mean, ghosts are the past. The history is the past. And I think in order to appreciate, you know, Forgetting about ghosts for a minute. Ghost hunting gives you a unique uh, perspective sometimes because certainly what, what we do relating to the media, what I've done with the media, has been allowed access to some fantastic locations behind the scenes and off the beaten track. Uh, um, now, that, I think, is worth its weight because you have to have a love of history and appreciation of history. And for me, you know, if I never find a ghost... Um, at least I've seen part of the past. I touched the past. That's true.
1: So, one thing I do want to mention before we we have to say goodbye is that tomorrow will be a live video broadcast of Ghost Chronicles: Next Generation. So you can tune in to uh, Toji Net, and it's it's on the website. You can pick up the video feed there, or you can go to EBC TV uh dot org and pick up the video feed there as well and it's also will be available on demand afterwards. And tomorrow we're continuing this this theme of haunted uh Boston and we will have uh Sam oh my God, I'll never say that But Baltris whatever. Tune in. You can actually find out what his real name is. Uh, Sam Baltris, uh, who is working on a book on Haunted Boston Harbor and has uh, also worked uh, on, on several other uh, things with Frank Grace, who was on the show recently as well. So, the book, uh, Boston Harbor, it's not entitled. That will go down well with Ann Kerrigan. Time for tea. There you go. There you go. We may do that. We may throw some tea in it. So, and your book is also available where, Stephen? It's Ghostology, uh, well, you know,
0: well, it's called Ghostology, the Art of the Ghost Hunter. but I'm still going to sh- stay stum, because its official launch date is the 23rd of November, so... Um. Oh, it is? Yeah, Although no, I if, apologize. If you're on Amazon, well, it's out. If you're on Amazon.com, you can order it now in both the Kindle and the print versions. It's just Amazon.uk is continually selling out of the few copies it's got, but it's there. It's available, even though it's not officially there.
1: Yeah, I mean, that's. That, that, I just saw it all over the, your Facebook yeah. page, so I and yeah, so it's it, assumed
0: it, comes, it was available. <laughs> well, it is available, but not officially available.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: You can get it, but. You can't get it officially. <laughs> Whatever. Anyway. It's the way Amazon works. They, they, they get stuff, um, and they say it's not in stock when it is, and then they run out of stock when they haven't got it. And they, it, it takes a week or two for Amazon's stock ordering system to count. Okay. Up, and your other book out uh, of course, is Paracoustics. Paracoustics is doing well. Um, it's not quite in the Barnes & Noble bestseller. It certainly wasn't. Um, it didn't make it into the Whirl It Surprises or the Book of oh, <laughs> or anything like that. But it's selling steadily, Paracoustics, Sound and the Paranormal, which was co-edited with um, your friend and mine, Dr. Callum Cooper.
1: Right. Uh, and you guys were on to coast a little while ago. And, we were. Uh, and I actually listened the to adults, that.
0: Yeah, in the adverts, we were on- Well, it's the whole problem are. with that.
1: I mean, if you just answered the question instead of going on for 27 minutes, I, it's flowery language. Uh, then
0: you if, if uh, You listen to the paper, you wouldn't be able to get a conversation. There.
1: Oh, you break it up, Steve. Yeah. You break
0: it up. Wait a minute. Hang on. No, no, I'm not. No, I'm not. If you listen to the conversation properly, you'll find I was answering the question succinctly to the point and in between the ad breaks.
1: Oh, I, I don't think so. I think you listen to it. I can tell. You're in a different realm, uh, I think. Uh, I think anyway, in the cow. so do we have a guest for next week or am I uh, just going to be talking about we myself?
0: We do. We have we have Chris Conway for next week. Um, the media will be starred in 37 episodes of Most Haunted. 37? Really? 37 episodes of Most Haunted, Psychic Media. Chris Conway will be and for every time Stephen says at the end of the day. Is that becoming a speech characteristic, Kirsten? At the end of the day. It's the end of the day, isn't it? If that's what it is, it is what it is. Whatever. Okay, whatever. <laughs> <laughs> Good night, couplets. <or>
1: <laughs> yep. At the end of the show.
0: <laughs> At the end of the day, it is whatever. what it is. Yeah. <laughs> Forty years. Forty years. <laughs> we've just. Hey, we've got our. Uh, we're only about four weeks away from the girls taking over for the night, aren't we? I don't think so. I'm never giving up are? this mic again. Yeah, we are. Yeah, we are. We have to uh, the uh, the Yeah, there's a
1: toots plane, you know. We're off the air, At right? At the end of the day. <laughs> you did not realise we're off <laughs> the air, It's time to right?
0: go. Are we? I don't care.
1: Yeah, they
0: <laughs> cut us off. From goalies to ghosties, long-legged beasties, and things that go bump in the night, deliver us... Good Lord. Welcome to Gerald.